Families are facing challenges today like never before. At Focus on the Family Canada, we're here to equip families so they can find support and God's hope for their situation. More families than ever turning to us for help raising their children, navigating marital issues, and dealing with anxiety and stress. Will you donate so these families can find the hope they need to face today's challenges? Make a monthly commitment or a one-time donation today at focusonthefamily.ca slash family. And I felt like the prodigal son who runs to the father and has the feast with the father. And then that night I'm sneaking back out. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just like, man, I just so relate to that. That's Jared Lopes, our guest on today's episode of Focus on the Family, explaining how you don't have to be a perfect dad to be used by God. And you might be a new parent or you have adult kids. Wherever you are on that spectrum, this discussion is going to encourage you to be the dad that God has destined you to be. Welcome to our program. I'm John Fuller, and your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. Hey John, this one's going to be a little uncomfortable, isn't it? Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> well, as a dad, there are many times when I know... I don't have it all together. Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah. You feel that way sometimes? All the time. <laughs> and the truth is, we've all felt that way at some point trying to raise our kids. Um, I think as men, it's easy for us to act like we do have it figured out. Uh, we kind of fake it. Uh, but deep inside, many of us wonder if we actually can measure up to the job. Mm-hmm. And the great news is Jesus meets us uh, where we're at in our imperfections and in our mistakes. Thank the Lord yeah. for that. So if you're a dad, stay with us for, I think, a fun conversation that should really inspire you to keep going and to be the spiritual leader in your home that you can be. And our guest, as I said, is Jared Lopes. He's the founder of Dad Tired. It's an online community of men who are striving together to lead their families well. He's married to Layla, and they have three children, and uh, he's written a book called Dad Tired and Loving It, Stumbling Your Way to Spiritual Leadership. And of course, uh, we'll recommend you stop by our website to get your copy, focusonthefamily.ca. Jared, welcome to Focus on the Family. Oh man, so good to be here with you guys. All right, you grew up without a dad, and I know that feeling. Um, What was that like for you, and uh, what impact did it have on you? I know what it had on me in terms of insecurities Mm -hmm. and other Mm -hmm. things, but how did not having a dad in your home, and what happened? Well, it, I mean, it's still having an impact on me. I'm in my early 30s, and I and I would can confidently say it, it still affects me to this day. I'm in my 50s, and I would say, yes, it's <laughs> yeah. still there. Yeah, absolutely. So my dad left when I was three. Um, he was a professional musician. He is a professional musician. And uh, he, uh, my mom and dad were never married. Uh, I think that they kind of had a fling, had me, ended up having my sister as well. And uh, when I, I think he tried to stick around for as long as he could. And then just realized that the whole dad thing wasn't going to be a good fit for him. And so he left when I was three. I remember as a kid, even I would, I remember playing basketball in my driveway. I have very vivid memories of this. I would play basketball in my driveway and I would picture him sitting on the steps coaching me. And, uh, but he wasn't, he wasn't there. And, and I just remember thinking, man, like I can't wait to be a dad one day. And I, I'm just, I'm positive that I'm going to be the best dad and I'm going to be the dad that I always wanted, which hasn't played out the way yeah, I, I thought, say, <laughs> thought it was I gonna. don't know if my boys have enjoyed me coaching them. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. it's kind of like you can't yeah. win, right? Yeah. You want to be that dad that you didn't have. And then when you try to, sometimes your kids don't really embrace it. Well, I mean, that's the, honestly, that's the heartbeat of Dad Tired is I, in my mind, for years thought I was going to be the best dad in the world. And then I became married and I became a husband and I became a father. And I'm like, oh, man, 
I'm not nearly as good at this as I had pictured that I would be for my whole life. And uh, that's the first time I really realized, like, I'm going to need some help beyond myself here because I don't have what it takes in me to be the kind of dad that I actually want to be or that I feel like God wants me to be. And let, let's touch on that. Um, you got married pretty young, really, mm-hmm. in today's standard, 22. Mm-hmm. And Layla, your wife, uh, let's get into a little bit of that insecurity as a guy marrying oh, somebody. Man. You didn't have a dad telling you what to expect, what's going to happen. Um, what did you trip on early in your marriage? And then when kids came, kids came fast for you, right? Yeah. So uh, Layla and I met. I was a pastor at a church in Portland. Uh, we were hosting a Chris Tomlin concert at the church. <laughs> Layla came to that concert. This is just the perfect Christian way to meet your, oh, yeah. your spouse. Ours right? was Amy Grant. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're hosting a conference. She, uh, the concert, she walked in and uh, my job as the pastor that night was to welcome everyone. I thought, I'm really going to make sure she feels welcome. Discharge <laughs> uh, your pastoral yeah. duties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A special welcome to Layla, yeah, 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 who I don't know re- yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really want you to feel welcome here. Let me give you a tour of the whole church. So, <laughs> uh, so I introduced myself to her, and we ended up talking and haven't stopped talking for the last 11 years. But from that day, the day I met her until the day we said I do, was nine months. So we had a very short courtship. Yeah. I just knew if I don't ask her to marry me, someone else is going to really quickly. So I better get on this. So I, so I asked her to marry me. And then we had kids nine months. Uh, she got pregnant nine months into our marriage. So, so I mean, it was fast. A lot, of fa- a lot of fast things happening. And again, I thought, I'm going to be a great husband. I'm going to be a great dad. And I always say, nothing exposes your sin better than marriage and having That's a so kid. true. <laughs> And I remember the first time, so just to dive right into kind of yeah. the depths here, I remember the first time um, we were early on in marriage and I actually confessed to Layla that I had looked at pornography. And I was a pastor at the time. I was a young guy and I just felt such heaviness, like, man, I I am breaking marriage covenant here mm. and uh, and I need to confess this to my wife. And I did. And I saw the pain in her eyes uh-huh. and I thought, man, my sin now carries twice the weight. And thinking through, and I think she was actually pregnant with our first. And I thought when I was a single guy, it was one thing to sin and kind of deal with the consequences of your sin. But now as a married guy and an, a soon to be father, like my, my sin carries twice, three times, eventually four five, six times the weight. Huh. And I'm like, man, I, I need to figure this thing out because I am not the kind of husband or dad I thought I was going to be. And, uh, and I just, I mean, you don't realize how much sin you have. You don't realize how much anger you have and how much impatience you have, how selfish you are until you get married and you have kids. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so true. And I, I appreciate that vulnerability. I mean, uh, yeah. I'd never thought about it quite that way in terms of the weight of mm-hmm. that sin particularly, mm-hmm. but good for you. And, you know, I'm sure some women particularly saying, well, how did Layla respond and did you guys get through it? And how are you doing in that area? Well, I mean, I think uh, God is so gracious. You know, Genesis talks about how God creates for Adam a helper, right? And uh, I, I think that beyond my wife being a soulmate or best friend or a travel partner, a lot of things I thought she would be in marriage kind of naively going yeah. into marriage. Beyond all of that, like Layla is a helper to help me become more like Jesus. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the problems, I think, with transparency, especially in marriage, you've set it up really yeah. well, saying yeah. marriage is hard for us yeah. sometimes to be honest in, et cetera. And so I remember a guest one time said that um, men are still like little boys. We mm-hmm. hide from those bad things we do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that our wives understand that, that mechanism in us to go hide when we steal the cookie and then mm-hmm. you can go from there. Why is that vulnerability so hard for us? Why do we fear being honest with our our wives? Oh man, you just hit such a nerve because 
you know, as I now spend my all my days working with men, I, I literally just said this to the Dad Tired community two days ago. I, the more I interact with men, the more I'm convinced we're all just boys. Yeah. Uh, and adult masks trying to make our way in this world. We're trying to figure out trying if we're really men. Yeah. I, I, I mean, was, that's so true. I was just in Montana uh, speaking recently. and well, the, they're all real men up there. That's what I'm saying. These guys <laughs> were just like, you know, men's men, yeah. right? Men's men. Uh, and I watched as their walls came down, and some of these guys were trying so hard to fight back tears, yeah. and eventually they just broke down. I thought, man, we're all just boys. Uh, and, I, and, and to your point, I've heard a lot of guys say, I feel comfortable confessing to God my sins and my shortcomings, but I don't feel comfortable confessing to my wife. Yeah. And I think, man, for any wife listening, this is if you can do give your husband one gift, it's to create an environment in your marriage where you can say, husband, I see what God is doing in you, and this is a safe place because I'm partnering with God to help you become the man that God has created you well, to be. Well, and in fairness, I get this too from the wives. I mean, we're usually hurting them right in their area of vulnerability. Right. Especially in that area you talked about right. with pornography. I mean, that crushes them as women. Absolutely. I'm not enough for you and all those things. But there's that whole um, you know, array of things, that emotions that we can yeah. wound our wives with, and unintentionally, I think, most of the time. Uh, Jared, let's uh, go to a story in your book that I thought was really funny because of the title, Satan's Cesspool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you couldn't have made these things up even better, but this was a great little outdoor experience all of us guys are going to relate to. What happened at Satan's cesspool, and what is it? Yeah, so I was. it was right as I was uh, getting out of high school, my friends asked me, hey, do you, Jared, do you want to you know, go on a float down the American River with us in Sacramento? I said, absolutely. I love being on the water, anything that has to do with the water. We had been goofing off just being a bunch of young, dumb, you know, young yeah. guys. And so we're floating, having a good time, and at the end of our trip, my buddy said, hey, I do you want to get in the inflatable kayak and I'll get in your inner tube? We'll swap. <laughs> and so I said, okay. So I got in his inflatable kayak and I'm kind of an introvert, sometimes a little bit of a loner. So I'm like, I'm going to go up ahead of everyone and uh, just kind of enjoy some peace. So I, I'm paddling, very calm, peaceful. I, I'm just wearing board shorts and flip-flops, no t-shirt on. And I'm just- No vest, a, no helmet. No vest, no helmet. I'm just, very, I'm just there to relax and enjoy a nice calm time on the river. And two guys come up behind me and I can hear them say, as I'm just kind of in my nirvana, they say, uh, hey man, have you ever done this river before? And I'm like, I turn around and they're in whitewater kayaks with wetsuits on and, and life jackets and helmets. And I turn around and I'm like, what? And they said, have you ever done this river before? And, you know, I'm kind of a little punk kid. And I'm like, what do you mean done this river before? I've floated plenty of rivers. And they said, well, just be careful because Satan cesspools up ahead. And I thought, oh my gosh. And I feel like- That should have got your attention. Yeah. Just as they said that, the water, the current picked up, you yeah. know? And so all of a sudden I find myself in very fast moving water and I realize I'm, I'm in it. Like this is, there's no there's turning no way back. Out. And as we get closer to the horizon, I actually see people on shore taking pictures of these kayakers going off of this waterfall. Oh my. And uh, so I just think, all right, this is it, man. We're, we're going for it. And I hit that waterfall, man. And uh, I'm immediately my inflatable kayak folds in half. I get tossed out and I just, I get sucked to the bottom and the waterfall is just pushing me under and I'm hitting rocks and I'm just praying for my life my life. God, please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. And I just kind of get pushed out and I'm laying there on shore and I'm like, what in the world just happened? Um, but I tell that story in the book because I think so many guys, uh, actually, I think men and women get into marriage thinking it's going to be a relaxing float down the river, mm -hmm. right? This is just going to be a fun, relaxing time. And I say, you don't need to be married longer than six months before you realize 
this is saying cesspool. Right, the, current, <laughs> the current's picking up. <laughs> this here. is a lot harder yeah. than I thought it was going to be. Well, it's a great analogy. Yeah. I mean, it really is. One of those things you mention in your book is time, and you know, I think we that that would be my thing. I don't think it's an ego thing. I think for me, I could just get so busy and I neglect. And I remember a story, and I'd like you to react to this, and then talk about yourself as a pastor those eleven years and how you tried to divide your time between people pulling on you and your family, your own family. But I remember this youth pastor told me once, he said, you know, I I was really busy at this time. I had a four-year-old daughter. I came home from a youth event. I needed to shower quickly and get back to the church in order to have a teen get together. And my four-year-old daughter came up to me wanting to hug me. And I said, honey, I'm sorry, I got to go teach people about Jesus. And she said, well, daddy, when are you going to teach me about Jesus? Isn't that a cutting line? Jeez. I mean, out of the mouth yeah. of a babe, right? Yeah. And so he quit that job wow. and uh, got on a eight-to-five job at GM in Detroit there so he could be home at night to be the father to that little girl. But that's such a great example, especially with ministry and then you know a different vocation that allows you to be there. Yeah. Um, speak to that. Well, I, I th- man, I, I think so many guys struggle with this. Uh, I think part of it has to do with we feel better oftentimes at our jobs than we feel than we do at home. Um, I can go to work and get rewarded. Uh, I have a paycheck coming in. A boss might pat me on the back, said you did a good job. It's today. a pretty calm river, right? It's a calm most river. of the time, exactly. And uh, and I kind of know what I'm doing, and I know it's expected to me. And then when guys get home, uh, they don't quite know their role as husband and dad. And so oftentimes, I don't know if it's a time thing. Honestly, I don't know if it's an. It's, you, you ask guys, you know. They say, well, I don't have enough time to spend with my family and kids. I'm working so much. But you also have time to play fantasy football, and you're also watching some Netflix, and you're on your phone. So you're kind of hiding. Yeah, you're Back hiding. You, you got time, man. You got time. I think you just feel more comfortable at work. And so you have to have an honest conversation with yourself, like, why am I? Why don't I want to be home mm-hmm. and want to give the intentionality to my wife and kids that they really want from me? Well, and that was your dilemma, right? I mean, when you were pastor these 11 years, you were noticing things at home weren't going quite right. Explain your personal story in that regard. Yeah. So for me, I had, you know, I, I had to come to the conclusion like, okay, I, this isn't a time issue. This is an intentionality issue. And I had a, I had a mentor tell me one time, he said, Jared, you're going to have uh, a million different job titles by the time you die. I'm confident you'll probably have a million different things on your business cards by the time <laughs> you retire. He said, but you will die a husband, you will die a father, and you will die a disciple. Go crush it at those things. Mm-hmm. Go, go do really well at those. What things. are those three again? Husband, father, disciple. Yeah. Those will go with you to the grave. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and for him, he was really successful in business. And I thought, man, okay, if this is priority to him, I want to make this priority for me. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Suppose you were to call Deeks Insurance and discover that over the past few years, you've been overpaying on your car insurance premiums, thousands of dollars that could have gone into ministry or be spent on your family. It's more common than you think. Stats confirm even the insurance companies that have taken the most dramatic increases retain 85% of their clients. Not because there aren't alternatives, it's consumer apathy. Call Deeks Insurance at 1-800-240-5283. DeeksInsurance.ca. Focus on the Family Canada's Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program is a proven program designed to save couples from the brink of divorce. For over 15 years, Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped more than 4,500 couples, and over 80% of those surveyed 
are still together two years after attending. If you or someone you know is facing a crisis in their marriage, please call Focus on the Family Canada today at 1-833-999-HOPE or visit hoperestoredcanada.ca to find out more. It's hard to see our young adult children wondering how faith and career fit together when they see adventure and opportunity on one hand and a broken world on the other. For almost 40 years, Redeemer University has provided students the time to explore and ask, where is God in this? While they study and prepare to become the next generation of Christian leaders, Redeemer is where faith and future come together, so they're ready for the road ahead. Ready for what? Ready for anything. Visit and apply at Redeemer.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Uh, let's talk about devotions with our children. I mean, that's one of the things, uh, you know, I think every Christian home, this becomes a little bit of the battle between mom and dad, not in front of the kids, hopefully. But right. but there is, uh, I think generally with uh, men and women, there is a different approach to doing this. I mean, my wife's a great example. She was, you know, chemistry major. Mm. So she's really sorted out. I mean, she's got her plan. She's going to go in tonight. It's going to be 30 minutes. She's smarter than you. She's smarter than me. Absolutely. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. She's much higher on the SAT. But, uh, you know, the point of that is that she wants something a little more formal. And then I'm a guy driving down the road and I see some illustration and I'll talk to the boys, you know, that's just like Proverbs 3, right? And, uh, And I use in the moment moments to really talk about scripture and how that applies. I think both are valid. Neither is invalid, but but we tend to uh, esteem things differently. So how how do we manage that as men? How do we manage you know mom's expectation of doing something more formal, and then we're not meeting it? Well, I mean, what you just said is such a beautiful example because we'll look at what Jesus did. He did both. Right. He had the times where they were studying the scripture, and then they would take the scripture and apply them in real life. Go and love your enemies. If somebody, How often should you forgive someone? One of his disciples asked. And he yeah. basically said, you never stop forgiving, right? And so they're hearing this in the scripture. And then someone comes to arrest Jesus, and that disciple is now chopping the ear off the guy. Right. And Jesus is saying, put your sword away. Yeah. So he's doing both. Let me teach you what the scriptures say about how to follow Jesus, and now let me show you Mm. how to put those into practice. And this is what a dad, like a dad that wants to be a spiritual leader does both. We study God's word. We have times where we actually break open the Bible and read, but then I'm using every opportunity that I possibly can. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask, just as you're speaking there, I'm thinking about the guy that wants to do what you're saying, but he doesn't have a clue on really how to take that first step. What are you finding out with guys that works well? Well, so that's majority of guys. I mean, every every guy in our dad's hired community, that's what they're saying. Uh, if you go, it's interesting right now. If you go to the park, if I go to any park right now, um, there are going to be dads who are playing with their kids, going down the slide. There are going to be dads who are changing diapers, who are doing more things than most of our dads did. Right? They're swinging the pendulum hard the other way. And so we have a lot of really engaged dads. But if you ask that dad, um, do you feel like the spiritual leader of your home? Do you feel like you know how to point your family to Jesus? They would say, no, I don't. I don't know where to begin. And that's what we're trying to do. Like with Dad Tire, we're trying to equip guys, give them actual very practical tools so they can step into that role as the spiritual leader. You know, Jared, you do such a good job in the book uh, explaining to guys how to turn those 
situations into spiritual moments. I think you had, this is really funny because I could relate to this. You had something going on with the water again. You love water, you said. And your kids and a cell phone or two cell phones or maybe 20 cell phones. What painful incident. Look at his face. (laughs) Yeah, well, um, it's a long story, so I'll give you the short version. But we were fishing. I had my family in town. We were fishing at a dock. Uh, my, my sister caught a fish. She was so excited. She hadn't caught a fish since she was a little girl. She said, take a picture, pulled out my phone, took a picture, went to put the phone back in my pocket. It fell into the river. So that was two days later, I take my daughter out and my son fishing. And my daughter says, I'm bored, daddy. Can I play on your phone? I'm like, no, don't you remember what just happened? She said, daddy, please. So I give in to her sweet oh, little daddy, attitude. Please, yeah. Daddy. Hand her the phone, put her in the middle of this big dock. She could drop the phone in any direction and it's not going to land in the water. Well, my little girl at that time, I think she was, you know, four or five years old. She, all her patients had her patient's tank had run empty that day because the uh, the internet wasn't moving fast enough for her little Peppa Pig video or whatever she was watching. <laughs> and uh, in her frustration, she took that brand new iPhone that I had just bought two days earlier with cash, no insurance, and she <laughs> threw that thing as far as she could into the middle of the river. And I always say this, that was the most embarrassing moment of my parenting journey thus far as how much I yelled at her. I'm confident people were calling the cops. Like <laughs> this kid, something's going on down there, but I was so furious. So I bet furious. you were like a thousand dollar furious. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, it just shows how, uh, you know, the imperfections that we have. And I think that's so much of the battle um, for some of us. I mean, if you're a type A kind of guy, you're in trouble. Because God's coming to root that out. And it's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's the Lord working through them, maybe, to say, I got a little different approach to life for you, type A dad, and here's how it's going to happen, right? Well, yeah. So we oftentimes we think that our kids and our wife, uh, you know, we're there to help shape them, especially our kids. Man, God is using, and every dad <laughs> knows this, God is using our kids to help make yeah. uh, us more like him. So when you look at the characters in Scripture in the book, you speak to your favorite, and I think that's Peter. So I think Peter's a good... <laughs> Most guys like Peter because he's messing up all the time, and we relate to that. That's why we say we like Peter because we're like Peter, right? So how does Peter relate to your daily troubles, and why do you identify with him so much? Well, Peter always says, you know, ready, fire, aim. Uh, that's Peter. <laughs> he, that yeah, he, he says something, and then later he's getting rebuked by Jesus, and yet he's Jesus, one of Jesus' closest friends. You know, he says to Jesus, Jesus, I, he pulls him aside and says, I just want you to know I'm never going to deny you, right? I'm never going <laughs> to leave you. That night, he, he denied him three times. So he just, he's yeah. a mess. And I look at myself, and I'm like, how often? I was just praying this morning, God, man, I'm, I'm drawn to you. And I felt like the prodigal son who runs to the father and has the feast with the father. And then that night, I'm sneaking back out. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just like, man, I just so relate to that, to what Peter was going through, this constantly just fumbling up my journey of trying to fall in love with Jesus. Well, it, it captures the spirit of um, a man. I mean, that really is a man. You know, I want to be this, but quietly, I'm not that. Mm-hmm. And that's the battle. Yeah. That's the struggle. I know what I should be mm-hmm. when it comes to all these behaviors and things, but I'm not measuring up. And I, Jared, you're a pastor, so you know this, but I mean, this is where Jesus has to come into your life as a man and repair those uh, breaches that you've had for whatever reason. The reason you can't measure up, your insecurities, your lack of confidence, whatever it might be. And I'd say, make a pitch right now to the guy, the father and the husband who isn't measuring up. What do they got to do first thing spiritually to move in the right direction? 
So there are, I think there are a lot of guys who aren't leading their families because they're ignorant. They did not have a leader to show them, a dad, somebody to teach them that. But I think there are more guys who know what they should be doing and they're not doing it because they are burdened with shame. Mm. I think there are so many guys who are paralyzed by their shame and they feel like, how could I lead my family to a God that I don't personally feel close to? And going back to Peter, Peter denied that he even knew Jesus. There's a powerful moment where Peter looks at Jesus as he's denying him, right? The two look at each other, they make eye contact, and then Jesus dies. That's a bad day for Peter. Yeah. That's a real bad day. The next time Peter sees Jesus, Jesus has breakfast ready for him. After he has risen up again, he has breakfast ready for him. Peter comes off the boat from fishing and Jesus cooks him breakfast. The reason I tell that story is because there are a lot of guys who think I need to hide from God because I have way too much shame. And the truth is that is not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible on your very worst day has breakfast ready for you. So I would tell that guy, that guy, man, turn away from your shame because there's a God who really, really wants to be near you. Think about Jesus, our God in the Garden of Eden. What was God doing on the worst day of history as all of creation was collapsing? He was taking a walk. God can handle your worst day. So I would tell that guy, man, if you feel like you're too dark in shame, turn to Jesus. The God of the Bible wants to be near you. Yeah. And you have so many great illustrations of the book. I want to end on a pretty funny story how God got your attention about doing ministry in your community. You wanted to sell a bed, but you had it all figured out how you're going to do this because it was heavy. I mean, you're making all the right guy uh, measurements here. Fill us in on that story. So I had been in the season where I really wanted God to show up and do miraculous things. I was just praying, God, show up, show off your glory. And during this time, we were moving from an apartment to a home, and we had got everything out of this third-story apartment, no elevator, so everything on stairs. And so we had this very heavy bed frame. It was the last thing to move. And I told my wife, I don't want to move this thing. It's a hassle. So I put it online for sale. And I put in there, uh, whoever buys this, you need to show up, you know, be ready to haul it yourself. That's very heavy. So this guy <laughs> shows up, he said he wants to buy it and, uh, he shows up and he's by himself. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I said, it's very heavy. You got to show up. So anyway, I'm, I'm frustrated already at the right. transaction. Okay. So we're sitting there and I'm telling him, here's how the bed frame's broken down, how you're going to want to put it together. And as I'm sh- saying all this to him, I just feel the prompting by the spirit, give him the bed. Give him the bed frame. And I'm like... Insult to injury, right? Yeah. I'm like, no. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not giving him the (laughs) bed frame. No. Yeah. One... brought some friends, maybe. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to haul this thing down and now I'm not going to get money for it. So absolutely not. I'm not going to do this. Well, the spirit, you know, over and over and over and just pushing me. And eventually I wasn't even a cheerful giver. I was, I was reluctant. I was mad. I'm like, Hey man, you can have the bed frame. I'm mad. I'm like, you can have the bed frame. He said, Oh my gosh, what? And I try to make it spiritual. I'm like, you know, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I try to throw, make it all Christian, but we're hauling this heavy bed frame down three flights of stairs and he stops and he says, Hey man, I just want you to know my wife just served me with divorce papers and uh, I don't have any furniture. And so the fact that you're giving me this is like, it's really helpful. And mm. dude, I just felt like I had been praying that God would show off his glory <laughs> and he was using a bed frame, yeah. uh, even in my reluctance to bring the kingdom of heaven down here to earth. Jared, I so appreciate your honesty. This has been really good. And for our friends in Canada, get a copy of Jared's book, Dad Tired and Loving It from Focus on the Family Canada. And again, as a reminder, when you order directly from Focus Canada, all those proceeds go right back into fighting for the family. And uh, I hope you'll consider that as you try to be the best dad you can be.
So donate today and get your copy of Dad Tired and Loving It when you call 800, the letter A in the word family, or online at focusonthefamily.ca. And while you're at the website, be sure to see some extra video content that we have with Jared, some practical tips for dads about managing life and family. And I think you'll be encouraged. Again, that's on the website, and uh, that's focusonthefamily.ca. And uh, while you're at the website, be sure to download our mobile app. Uh, The new Focus on the Family mobile app has lots of great content, this broadcast, and so much more. And coming up next time on this broadcast, help and hope for the mom who worries that she's messing up her kids. I think there's knee marks beside my daughter's bed in the carpet because I was kneeling beside her bed after she went to sleep, crying out to the Lord, you've got to help me. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm making a mess of things. And all he would say is, spend time with me. And on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.